Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. As a young person, I believed in God. I even believed he was nice. He was someone I desired to know, to walk with, whatever that meant. But you wanna know what I was really passionate about? His stuff. More than anything, I was interested in his stuff. I wanted things. I wanted Ryan Granger to not notice the cute new blonde girl and still wanna be my boyfriend in the third grade. I wanted to do well on my fractions test so I didn't have to stay in from recess again. I wanted to make cheerleader. Everything would be right in the world if I could just make cheerleader. I wanted people to quit being mean to me in junior high. And I prayed for all of these things like someone might approaching a vending machine. That's how I approached our Lord. I would put in my coins with a little prayer time and I would push the button and say amen and desperately hope for the right thing to fall. If nothing came or if something seemed stuck, I would start the process over again, praying again, perhaps eventually giving the machine a shake and a piece of my mind for not delivering what I clearly deserved because, you know, I was a nice person. And I know it sounds silly, but God, when I was young, he was my own personal vending machine. God, if you're there and if you love me, then you'll fix this situation for me. And then to ensure that he came through for me when I needed him to, I would do something that I thought impressed him, like read my Bible. I spent much of my life bargaining with God. The extent of my prayer life was one giant bargain, tit for tat. But after analyzing it, you want to know what I realized? I don't think the bargaining was about my desires. Not really. The bargaining was about my desire to know that he cared. What I wanted was proof that he would show up if I asked him to, because that would mean he was willing to involve himself in ways that mattered to me. Bargaining was an attempt to know that he really loved me. Answering my demands would prove that he loved me in a way that I understood as love. Do you love me enough to care about my life? Enough to worry about my worries? Enough to give me the desires of my heart? Do you even care about my heart? Bargaining is how I thought I would finally be able to see and touch his devotion. I thought that answered prayers and blessings were the best way to see his devotion. But there is a better way. God has already proved exactly who we are dealing with. And he has shown us with so much passion exactly how much he cares about us. It is thick and it is dynamic and it is beautiful and it is against the grain and it is relieving. It is controversial. But our way of life with ourselves in the center of our story and our insistence on living as comfortably as possible, it's a barrier to seeing the actual way that God has told us that he loves us. 
consumed by the things around us instead of the eternal things above us, we can't rightly see how great God's love is. Because God is not preoccupied with our comfort, even if we are. If comfort is our love language, his love language is a little more intense. It's a little more gritty. He's not sending us valuable trinkets or effortless relationships or instant remedies or magic wands. He sent us himself instead. And forgetting that miracle, forgetting the miracle of Jesus Christ and what he did for us, it leads us to believe that we have room to ask how to be loved by God. We think we know how he can love us best. And when he doesn't show up in the ways that we demand, we believe lies that tell us that it's because we're not important or we're unworthy or we're undeserving. We believe lies that tell us that God is withholding, constantly withholding because we're not enough because we're too much, because we've messed up, because we don't deserve very much. And it's ludicrous because we are so passionately pursued. God is not holding out on us. He's not mad at us. He has given us everything that we will ever need, and the rest, it's working out for our good, always. And once we get all this straightened out, our relationship can begin to change. How we talk to God begins to change. Once we can quit focusing on God's stuff, we can learn to pray in a way that is relationship building. We have been miraculously delivered from death and it didn't come easy. And that's where we have to start in our dealings with God. Yes, he has invited us to a fancy feast and he has welcomed us into his family. He has ushered us into his kingdom, but we cannot waltz in and start asking for things. It's not nice. The Lord cares very much about the desires of our hearts, but underneath every request is a spirit of reverence for what he deems best and a spirit of great, great thanks for what he has already done. Everything else, it's just gravy. How can our prayer lives do what they are supposed to do? How can prayer change us? First, I think we need to get honest and pray as we are, not as we ought to be. We cannot heal what we don't acknowledge. We have to acknowledge our sin. In acknowledging our sin, it's painful and tricky. The process feels booby-trapped with shame and guilt and self-loathing and self-protection. It's hard. But when we are too ashamed to acknowledge our sin, we can't honestly pursue holiness. And let me say this, finding our debilitating sin, it's a subtle thing. Our motives, our innermost thoughts, our secret desires, the things we keep tucked away, the things we blame on someone else, the things we don't admit even to ourselves, that's our sin. And these are our idols. And this is the place that we need to go. Confession can help us get there, bringing them before the Lord in prayer. It's so bonding. He gets to prove his faithfulness as we watch him heal us from the inside out. I also think it's important to get creative in prayer. In the book, Blue Like Jazz, Donald Miller talks about walking up to a campfire that Jesus had built for him and realizing for the first time that Jesus doesn't just love him because it's the right thing to do. I'm not too terribly outdoorsy, so instead of a campfire, I like to picture a coffee shop. A big difference came in my soul when I realized for the first time that there was something specific about me 
something unique to me that caused him to love me. And I realized that if I walked up to him in a coffee shop, he would invite me to sit down and he would order me an iced latte. He would ask me my story. He would listen like no one ever has before. He would grieve with me over my hurts and he would celebrate my successes as if they were his very own. We would laugh a lot. Jesus is funny. But he would rebuke me too. And he would tell me that I have a bad temper and I should probably deal with that. He would tell me that certain people get under my skin and it's really probably not their problem. He would tell me that people are hurting and hungry and I should do as much as I can about that. He would let me know what my gifts are. He would let me know his favorite things about me. And then he would give me ideas about how to give it all back. Jesus would tell me the truth. And I would sense in Jesus's voice that he really, really loved me, that I was his beloved. And I want to tell you something that sitting there and imagining that situation, sitting at a coffee shop with Jesus, what he might say to me, closing my eyes and picturing it, listening to it in detail, what music is playing. That's the beginning of a wonderful prayer experience for me. The biggest things, it's, it's not what to say while praying. It's how I approach Jesus while saying it. There's reverence. There's respect. And it doesn't come at the cost of friendship. When I pray, I pray to God the Father. In my mind, he's the benevolent boss man. And then there's Jesus the Son. In my mind, he's walking right alongside me every step. And then there's the Holy Spirit. In my mind, a wispy, consoling comfort of wisdom. And all of them ache with love for me and have given everything to prove it. There is so much to be said for the prayers said by those who have gone before us, so much. And there is nothing quite like a Hail Mary in an emergency and the beauty that has come from the meditation, meditating on Jesus's life in the rosary. We have already been given, just handed such valuable tools. And in addition to those things, I'd like to encourage us to think outside the box. I'd like to encourage us to find our own voices our own coffee shops to sit in. When something in the Bible frustrates us, we could sit down on our couch and close our eyes and try to think of things from God's perspective, not ours. He is the main character. God likes us. (laughs) We could paint him a picture. We could write him a song. We could sculpt him a sculpture. We could go on a walk. Be creative. Let's talk to him using our love language and then let's listen. There is something that speaks to us. There is something that when we experience it, it makes us feel alive. Those things that we can't name except to call them an inner tug, an inner tug that lets us know for certain that there's more. Where do we feel it? Whatever it is, let's do it. And let's look for God there. And let's offer it up as prayer. From the book of Hebrews, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. This is my friend Jamie. We've been friends for four years. She is a sure and steady partner, is full of wise counsel, and a beautiful yogi. Together with the Lord, we anchor each other's souls. Jamie Sewell. 
Allison Sullivan. Hi. Hi. I have so many things to say. First of all, I want to give our listeners a little bit of background. Okay. Which is that um, my house is in <laughs> complete and total chaos. Uh-huh. I just rushed four kids out. No, just three. Just three. Three kids out of the door for school. Two of them, I hope, are safe on the couch watching something. <laughs> Anyways, there's no area of our home that is conducive to podcasting. So yeah, we have we come into an oasis of a backyard. Yeah. It is it is dreamy out here, but there's lots of competing noises and I am feeling a little restless. And mm. this episode is about prayer and who better to pray for our time than Jamie. Mm. I love it. I'm glad that you're here for this episode. Me um, too. I want to tell you why I asked you specifically to do this episode. Yeah. I, you, you know, when we get together, I'll kind of ask you, like, well, how can we pray for each other? You know, we usually kind of end that way. Yeah. And you will whip out a journal and you will have this gorgeous art produced, Mm. like reflecting your prayers. Mm. And you have just inspired me to pray in more creative ways. And I love Mm. it so much. So glad. Do you know, I actually brought my journals. They're out in the car. I've, of course I, you did. I never see you without them. I did. I didn't bring them in. Though. I was like, oh, that's so cheesy, but it what? is. It's such a part of my prayer life. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, we want to talk about that in a minute. But I also yeah. want to give listeners some feedback or uh, background too, that you are season one, episode one. Season right. one, episode one. The yeah. very first time we did this, we yeah. were learning how to push record. Yes, we were, your cell phone. It was on my cell phone. <laughs> we do have a microphone now. Um, but You're moving on up. That is moving on up. That is the most listened to episode. People oh. absolutely love it. Wow. I get a ton of feedback regarding it. Oh. And it makes me laugh because this is a reference to that episode. So if you haven't heard it, go back and listen. <clears throat> but we are not in my master bedroom this time. No, we are not. <laughs> we are not in my master bathroom. In fact... Don't you think it's so appropriate, though? We're in, like, the construction zone? Yes, <laughs> yes, under construction, yeah. under construction. I was actually but. thinking that, too. Like, I'm sure this means something, I don't know, um, that we're talking about prayer. We're out here outside. Um, okay, so let's go back to your journals real quick. What's, okay. um, what's your most effective prayer life wow. look like? You know, my my favorite times of prayer have been, like, I love to listen to worship music, and um, I just think you know, the Lord really leads out of that. And a lot of the stuff that I like to listen to um, is reflective of his word. And I don't know, there's just something about um, praying and doing something with my hands at the same time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and ex- trying to express mm-hmm. what's going on that is very um, connecting mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah. I want to interrupt real quick yeah. to say that um, I was knitting before I was like praying a rosary or using beads or anything. And so knitting was that for me. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of religions, actually, there's prayer beads are definitely not isolated to Catholicism. But I I think that there's something to that. The physical, connecting the physical with the spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. I find myself like um, drawing pictures that illustrate a little bit about what I'm praying and then a lot of times there's scripture that's there and that's why. Hmm. And it's so, it's so fun to see like what happens, what comes out of that, you know, hmm. and, um, and what scriptures he 
brings to mind. Mm -hmm. And it's also one of the things that's easiest for me to let slide. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to ask you next, how do you make time for it? What's your, what's your discipline? You know, because if you don't make it a discipline, the world will absolutely oh, yeah. have its way with you. Yes. Our life is at such a chaotic pace. It's yes. such um, a hectic pace that we yeah. can so easily go to bed depleted by all the wrong things yeah. and live off of a to-do list. Yeah. And just, I, I think we find ourselves in accidental boxes that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even decide yeah. to be here, but here I am. And so prayer has to become a discipline. What's your discipline? Yeah, that's so true. You know, um, so I, I mean, I, I, it's a habit of mine to get up in the mornings. I'm not, it doesn't mean that I'm having like this amazing time with God every single morning or that I'm even showing up really, Mm. you know, it's Mm. just my habit to get up in the mornings. And so that space is available. But, um, you mean like before your people? Yes. Mm -hmm. Before my people, Mm -hmm. because I need that. Mm -hmm. And my people need that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I find I, I find that the times that I will um, it, like if I'm rushing it even it start I, I really think it starts the night before like and I'm not trying to make this a formula I'm not trying to make it like um, like that whole box thing again it is a it it is a form of stewardship and a form of loving God when we take care of our bodies and our bodies can serve us to get up fresh or mm-hmm. you know whatever so mm-hmm. I, Anyway, I'm just trying to get away from like, you have to go to bed at this time and you mm-hmm. have to get up at this mm-hmm. time because I tend toward that. Mm-hmm. Like my default is to want to just be in this um, very regimented. Rigid, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And to forget the why behind it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. A, um, a really good friend of mine recently said, um, we were actually talking about um, something that you had held, you know, and some of the themes that were going on mm-hmm. in those talks. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and we were talking about how we t- we tend to take things and and make them the, like the pres- we take the prescription mm. we try to make them a prescription for yes. something instead of letting them be the description of our yes, lives right. we try to prescribe it into yes. I just thought that is such a good way of putting that that it's not about those acts but it's about our why behind it you know right. what's driving us and. You know, well, you're I, one of my favorite people to do yoga with, and mm-hmm. it's not about the pose. Right. It's about the journey into the pose. Yes. It's about what we're learning when yes. we're there. It's how we're pressing in and finding our furthest edge and, and yes. all of those things. I mean, that sounds yes. similar to me. Yeah. But when you get really fixated on the end product yeah. or whatever, right. yeah, you're kind of missing right. and I think that why you're doing it. Exactly. And the thing is, like, when you... When I make that space for the Lord in the morning, when I meet Him there, for a long time in my my alarm, I had it set on my phone, um, time with the one who loves me most, because I had this tendency to just get up so I could check off the box yeah. and to forget that I was meeting with someone hmm. who knows me hmm. better than anybody else and loves me and can speak into my life more than anybody, you know? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so getting up in the mornings is definitely a time and it's easy for me to not, um, I don't always, um, do art when I pray, but I do love to journal my prayers Mm -hmm. and at least write what comes to mind. And I, I just think, um, from a young age, I was taught scripture and memorized scripture and that's what 
often comes to my mind. Yeah, it's what that's often great. drives my prayers. And I spend a lot of time in Psalms and Proverbs. Yes, and yes. The Psalms are so powerful. They are. Yeah. Um, I am such a big proponent of praying the way God made you. Mm. And if your bent is, you yeah. know, to draw, if, if you're bent oh, to like write, that. if you're bent to be outside take that and embrace it and then offer it up like even things that seem silly so for example I just made a prayer closet for the first time I know I'm behind everyone everyone's (laughs) had prayer closets for years but I just made mine and it's beautiful to me and there's something about the aesthetics (laughs) of that space that make me want to stay there so Mm do what you need to do to facilitate that time and if it's that it's like it's hidden no one I mean well now it's kind of the first place they look if they can't find me but for a while (laughs) when it wasn't my routine you know it's kind of in the furthest corner of the house yeah it just feels very private it feels very secluded I have things in there that just stir my affections you know and so you know, I, I just think that leaning into the things that make you happy mm-hmm. is a really important part. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I and also I think um, having those special times, you know, like sometimes my husband will take the kids to the movie and I can choose to like veg out and watch Netflix or, you know, sure. and have my downtime. That's, you know, whatever. But the times that are like most precious to me are the times when I make that space for that special time, you know, yeah. it's not like it's good. It's not like it's something that you're going to have every single time, but it's that it's like going on a date with your husband, right. or, you know, it's right. like, Oh, let me put on my best dress. Let me, mm. let's, you know, yeah. do my hair instead of <laughs> throwing yeah. it up or whatever. Yeah. Walk out. It's intimacy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's intimacy. It is. Um, yeah. So we talked about, you know, schedules and paces and ways of the world kind of keeping us from it. What else do you think keeps us from prayer? Yeah. Okay. That's a big one. And I, you know, I love, I love that you asked me to do prayer because it is an area of challenge for me as well. Yeah. Like as much as I love it, you know, it's like, it's one of my highest scores on like those spiritual gifts inventories or whatever. I believe that. I totally believe that. But it also is like one of the greatest areas of struggle in my life. Interesting. Because like I have still to this day and a prayer request that I believe I prayed in the Lord's will and you know, all those different things that, is has not been answered the way I think that it should be and it's a deep hurt yeah you know yeah and so there is that the aspect that just like any relationship there are these disappointments that you kind of have to work through but also at the end of the day where I've come (laughs) at least today Mm -hmm. where I've come with this is that do I believe that he is good? Yes. And that he loves me? Yes. And that he's for me? Yes. And he's for my people? You yes. Know? Um, so I just hold that disappointment before him and he yeah. knows about it. Yeah. And we talk about it. I think you're right, though, that it can, those, those end, because, okay, so we just talked about how prayers is intimate. Yeah. So there's vulnerability. Yes. I mean, nothing's intimate if you're not vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> so I offer you this vulnerability and then yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't go the way that I think that it should. And you're not explaining yourself gently over lunch. Yeah. So what's, what's going on? So unanswered prayer. Yeah. I, I also think that we have a tendency to pray vaguely. Like, yes. let's just pray very vague so that I don't Safe. ever get, yeah, so that I don't ever get let down. <laughs> yep. That I don't ever have to reconcile. 
that I don't get it, but you're still in charge. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right. Unanswered prayers. That's, that's a tough one for sure. Um, I, I think one thing that keeps us from prayer is that we do not understand how powerful it is. Mm. I think that we completely take for granted, you know, in James, we're told that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We're told to pray in faith, um, you know, for the things that, that we desire. And I think that we don't have a whole lot of reverence for power. And you know what? And it's powerful, like on a supernatural plane, but it's also powerful in a very practical way. And the thing, as you were talking, that came to mind is I have all these people. um, People aren't going to know this context, but my family and I were involved in a terrorist attack. And to this day, I will have people come up to me who I've never met before. And when they recognize that it's me, will say, oh, my gosh, I was praying for you. That do you know what? Like. Do you know what that does? Yeah. Like that God had people across the world praying Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's powerful like to between my relationship between God and myself, but it's also powerful in human connection, you know? Yes. Yes. And that's the heaven here on earth. That's the thy kingdom come. Yes. Yeah. You know, we have an opportunity to connect with one another and I take the love that he gave me and it's overflowing and I get to fill in those spaces to you. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's my favorite thing about being a Christian. Um, okay. So I actually wanted to give that background. We had so much background to cover, but we, you and I met several months ago. Um, you were going to be one of the first episodes of this season and we were going to talk about your terrorist attack. Um, and so anyways, I was learning a new computer and a new program and our amazing interview disappeared Mm, and honestly to not throw the world's most epic temper tantrum I had to remind myself people are hungry there are some people that are hungry in the world this is a lost document it's gonna be fine but our interview was so good so we're gonna be redoing that for season three you and me um but Jamie's family was part of a terrorist attack and we will go into the details um next season tune in for that um, but tell me about prayer during that time. Oh, man. I mean, what yeah. else do you have? Seriously. What else? Seriously. Do you know, I was reading through my journals the other day um, because I love to look back at how the Lord has led in prayer and, um, and the, the, the art that's come out of that. But one of the things that, um, that I was reading in that was um, that, I mean, just seeing the prayers that I'd prayed and how... The, you know, it's a desperate cry, but, but that verse, I can't think of where it is right now, but he's like, he's like, so do you too want to leave me? Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, well, where else would we, we go? John six. Yeah. yeah. You have the words of life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what prayer is. It's like, where else, where else could I go? Yeah. Where else could I go? Yeah. Even if I'm disappointed in prayer, where else could I go? Yeah. But those times of desperation, yeah. I feel like the Lord the Lord feels so tender yes. to me in those times. Yes. You know, we're in, in one of the Psalms says that he bends down to listen. Yes. Isn't yes. that sweet? It is so sweet. It is just such a sweet yeah. image. But, you know, I, I was thinking this is, I don't mean to make a parallel between yeah. the terrorist attack and me having children and, and, and like being in labor. <laughs> <laughs> but I think of times yeah. when you're emptied, 
you know, times mm. when you have, I have absolutely nothing yes. left. Like, you know how in the movies, there's these women and they're cussing and they're yeah. throwing, I'm like, yeah. that's extra. Then you're not at your 10 out of 10. You know, if you can like cuss at people and whatever, th that's extra. When you, uh, when you have nothing left, yeah. it, you have nothing. Yeah. I can't. Anyways, yeah. and so, and to me, you know, that's just kind of the closest I can get to that, that suffering, you yes. know, that, that very physical suffering. Yeah. And I, I, can you, I mean, just being a parent, yeah. can you imagine, and I know, I, I think that we have a tendency to make God this best version of ourselves because it's the best we can do. Yeah. So I, I tend to take my parenthood and like mm. equate it to, oh, well, this is how God feels. Right. And I don't know that that's always wise because as far as the East is from the West, but um, you know, I do think of how tender I am towards my children. Should yeah. they ever be in pain? Yeah. You know, yes. and it's, how can you not yeah. respond? How can you not react? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, just on that thought, you know, we are wanting, like our thing is that we want the answer or we want the whatever, but what we really are craving and what he gives is himself. Right. Yes. So good. Which is the most important thing yes that we we do get so focused on the answer or the result of our prayer but he gives us him, his very self yeah also along the along those lines i think that we as a people as a culture not only because of social media and whatever we want things quickly yes you know there's kind oh, of yeah. that things yeah. tend to take longer than we'd like and right. that's irritating but but also i think we also like a happy ending Oh, yeah. We really want yes. this story to shape up nicely. Yes. I want the bow right. at the end. And I don't know that we're going to ever have that full piece yeah. until we are face to face with the love of God. Yeah. You know? And so we live in a time of now and not yet. Mm -hmm. You know? So um, what do you what do you say to people struggling with unanswered prayer? <laughs> Because there's a lot of unanswered prayer out there. By the way, I think also we would pray more if we could document his works, I think, a little oh, more. Yeah. Don't forget what I just asked you. I want to go back. But okay. but for a while, our we kind of got out of the habit. We need to pick that up. But um, for a while, our family kept this prayer jar. Yeah. And yeah. it was, we had two jars. And it was prayers submitted and then prayers answered. Yeah. And so we would just, you know, we would switch it from jar to jar to jar. And every now and then we would just go through, these are the, all the prayers God's answered. That's cool. It's really, it was really, really, and so yeah. it's exciting it is. to kind of co-labor with yeah. people. Like it's a faith builder to get to pray for you it is. and right. to see how God's answering it, even if it's different, because oftentimes it was. Yeah. Not that the end result wasn't always what we wanted, but it looked a little different mm -hmm. than we expected. Sure. Um, so anyways, seeing that ending, I do, I do think in our, our fleshly state, God knows that's important to us, even if it's different. What I'm asking you right now is what yeah. about the unanswered prayers? What about the things that aren't yeah. wrapping up at all yeah. and that just are, are lingering? What do you say to the person yeah. on their knees in that instance? <laughs> it's almost like being in therapy and the, the person asks you, what would you say to someone in your own shoes because mm. I do have that in my life you know mm. that mm. that one one or two you know things that um just are ongoing or <clears throat> I don't that's a really good question I mean the first thing that comes to mind is 
that kind of what I said earlier is coming back to, and I don't, uh, it's easier to say to myself than to someone else, but you know, what, what do you know about him Yeah. with you? And like that, that he is good. He is for you. He loves you. It reminds me of, um, when we were living overseas and we were, my husband was sick and we were like kind of in this place of limbo for six months of not knowing what was going to happen and where we were. And, mm. you know, we felt like we'd been called to these people on the coast yeah. and we were there and working with them. And all of a sudden we're like in no man's land. And, and the thing that kind of rang true and that the Lord put before us is that we're called to him, not necessarily a place or a people or an outcome or whatever, but we're called to him and, um, you know, God is alive and active in the, in this world, mm-hmm. you know, and he's doing things. And we talked about this, that we just get to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's kind of that childlike looking up at your father, knowing that he knows where he's, he's going. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he's going right. fully. He's, right. you know, he gives me glimpses here and there, but he's good. And he's he cares for us. And he cares about our joy. Yes. He wants us to have joy. Yes. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know that we tell someone something as much as we sit with them yes. and Amen. and reach out to that place that where we are experiencing that yeah. that hard sp- space and just you know we have the pointers in our lives, which is something I say a lot that I got from my dear friend Rachel, but. We have pointers in our lives that that remind us who we are in God and remind us who God is in us. And, you know, we can look at each other and we can say, this is God. This isn't God. Yeah. This is God. This isn't God. And and I just love that. And we need a body for that. Right. um, To just be reminded every now and then when... Yeah, when things aren't going how we planned. Yeah, like what do we know is true? <clears throat> what do we know is true? Let's remember. And for me, that was, I like talking about yoga because yeah. you were such a significant part of my yoga class for so long. But um, for me, it was that quiet space, that quiet yeah. moving prayer that mm. helped me remember my primary focus. I, yes. I feel like, you know, we're called, I think it's 365 times, you know, do not be afraid. And then right beneath that is to remember, Mm. remember. And so I think we need to set aside time to remember, to remember who he is, to remember that we're loved, to remember we know how this thing ends, you know, to make space for that and and that quiet time. And when we're reading his word, like searching, who are you? I need to know you. Mm -hmm. Psalm 107. um, And I have this up on my in my prayer closet, but then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distress. Mm -hmm. He stilled the storm to a whisper. Mm -hmm. The waves of the sea were hushed. And I feel like it's in the moment in my prayer life. It's when I kind of those bankrupt moments of being in transition, (laughs) 10 centimeters. (laughs) Um, But in those desperate moments, I I mean, I'm I'm using that as kind of a silly example. I totally get it. But yeah, but it's when I have nothing left. Like I've done the things I know to do. I've said the things I know to say. Um, I've, you know, I've acted in the ways that seem right to me. Yeah. Prayerfully. Yeah. And I don't have anything left. And so the rest, God, it's you. The rest is you. I feel like he is so tender to that prayer. Yeah. For me and in my prayer life, that's when things start moving quickly. Yeah. Do you right. mind if I take a, like a little detour first? Please. Okay. So I as love a, detours. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, just look uh, like we're sitting in this beautiful, uh, Allison's backyard really is beautiful. 
And just here. recently. It went from worst <laughs> to first. It was like, I mean, a pit of thorns and thistles and mud. Well, it's gorgeous. No, it's great. It's, yeah. It is an oasis. And what a gift. Yes. Um, but it reminded me of in high school, like after I came, I, I grew up in the church, but really started walking with the Lord and chose him as my own by his grace. Oh my gosh, by his grace. Um, like summer between my sophomore and junior year. And um, I was so hungry for him. Mm. I mean, hungry for him. You know, his, I mean, I literally just devoured his word. I wanted to be around his people. I was like, I need to know everything there is to know. Mm -hmm. And um, I was involved. God used young life in my, in my world to, to really draw me to himself. And especially my young life leader and his wife, um, precious, precious dear people to me. And um, they just poured their lives into me. And one of the things that they taught me during one of our Bible study times was this idea of visual prayer and they gave parameters to it which hmm. I just love I think that that's so wise they but they like would walk us through you know a, a scene like close mm -hmm. your eyes and imagine yes. a scene and then you know you check that like against God's word because that's our plumb line it's how we know what's true it keeps us from being tossed about you know but um I just can remember very distinctly um the, my in my imagination, I always imagined like a place like this, oh, you know, like that's awesome. green and water in the background yes, and birds. Yes. And, and I can remember like, um, I was really struggling with some sin from my past mm -hmm. and, um, I just couldn't get beyond it. I was constantly praying for forgiveness from this sin. Mm -hmm. And, um, I can remember like visualizing, um, being in this garden and like having my head rested on this rock. Cause I was like in a chair, mm -hmm. laying down on the chair. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and all of a sudden it was like Jesus. I was on mm -hmm. his lap, you know, my mm -hmm. head was in his lap. And I remember like opening my eyes and he was so brilliant white. Mm -hmm. And I looked up at him and I was like, Jesus, you're so white. I can't even, there's no words. You're so brilliant. Wow. And he took me by the hands and stood me up and said, my daughter, so are you. Mm -hmm. And I looked down and I was clothed in the same clothes that Jesus was in. Oh, Jamie, that's beautiful. It was powerful. That is so beautiful. Because that's the truth. And that's from his word. And like as I began to examine that, he talks about that over and Absolutely. over. He gives us new garments, wow. you know, and mm. that um, our sins are washed away and we're white as snow. Mm. And, you know, but that guided meditation yes. led you there. Yeah. 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 I've had a powerful one, too. Um, and it was just you know, during Lent, during Easter, mm -hmm. I feel like people are usually kind of more of a Christmas person or more of an yeah. Easter person. I'm an Easter person. Easter undoes me, mm -hmm. undoes me. And I oh, have this I very, totally see that <laughs> I have this very powerful prayer experience where Jesus was carrying the cross mm -hmm. and people are taunting him and spitting at him. And I had put myself in this prayer experience right in front of him. Mm. So he's walking up this hill and he's carrying this cross and the crowd's mm. jeering and I'm right in front of him. And I'm encouraging him to keep carrying this cross. But I, I think that there's something to that. Yeah. I had a really, really powerful yeah. prayer experience. Um, just putting myself next to him. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what does that do? Like, and by the way, similarly in the Garden of Gethsemane, yeah. you know, to, to put myself with him yes. suffering. 
Um, I have myself laying down next to him and getting the hair out of his face and yeah. offering to get him water and what, yeah. what's your favorite hymn? And, you know, yes. just, I, you know, putting yourself with him and what it's taught, it might teach you a little bit about yourself. I consider myself because of those prayer experiences. I think I'm a consoler of yeah. Jesus. Like I want, like, yeah. and so I don't know, it just kind of revealed something yes. about me and, um, Anyways, yeah, yeah. In ways that he's gifted you, you're a nurturer and, a, mm. and an encourager of people. That mm. makes total sense to me that that's mm. how you would relate to him. And yeah, I didn't intend on sharing that, but I, I mean, I, love I, I think I would have been um, better spoken about it had I known. But I'm I'll glad share you brought it again. that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay, tell us about your work. Oh, okay, so <laughs> at, out of the experiences, you know, of course, that's how the Lord works. Um, my husband and I now do missionary care. And development and um, we work with an organization called the Center for Mission Mobilization and my primary job is to just go encourage and listen to and help um, direct to resources those who God has put on the front line I see myself as like this link in a chain you know yeah when I was on the field um, the mission field I just where I found the most joy and where I felt the most like myself was when I had people in my home just sitting on my couch and, you know, eating a meal together and listening to them and their story and letting them know that someone else saw them, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and saw their pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of pain out there. And I feel like we, a lot of times we're trying to, to put on the good, you know, fight the good fight and, you know, put on, yeah. I don't know. So, um, but the truth is that missionary workers are missionaries people. are people, <laughs> yes. and they're struggling. Yes, and it's hot outside. Yes, and yeah. and I'm not used to this, and right. I'm away from home, and my safety nets have been removed yes. completely. Yes, and they need a Jamie Sewell in their life, <laughs> and now they have one. Well, and they and the, and it's not that you know sometimes they yeah they might need to come off the field whatever. But sometimes it's just, man, I just need a little extra help. I need a little direction in this. I need to know, I need to know that someone else knows about this and that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. That it's okay that I'm not okay. Yes. And that this can be worked through. Yes. And it doesn't dis- disqualify me. Right. So, yeah. And I just feel like one of my main jobs is to continue pressing into the Lord and growing and being challenged in my faith and, and to somehow... By his grace. And I, I really do feel like I just get to walk with him and be a part of what he's doing and be a, 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 an onlooker, you know? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's a really overused phrase, but it really, I do feel like that, like that I just get to be present. I just get to be a present piece of his ministry to them. Mm-hmm. And um, that's my heart's desire for them to be free, to be mm-hmm. what he has called, you know, who he has made them because he's called them. Yeah. in that place and we're all part of the Great Commission yeah. we're all part of that work and I just feel like this is my place in that right now and, mm-hmm. and my, my best fit right now yeah it's so good so that's the fun part of the job yeah what's the not fun part of the job yeah you know there are like I'm not an administrator or so there's all those kind of administrative things and I recently like I used to just kind of like think okay I shouldn't do those things but I've recently been challenged to kind of think of it in a different way it's not where I, it's easiest for me. Right. It takes a lot of energy to operate in those places. Right. And so I can't operate in those places for a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or very often. Yeah. But I can do it. Yeah. Because, and then it's a new way to pray. Yeah. I mean, oh my <laughs> gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, um, and like support raising is hard um, because the enemy 
man, he plays major mind games with you. Um, you know, if people aren't giving money to this, then it's not yes. important. Yeah. And I'm about to get super vulnerable. And I did not expect this, but one of the things that I recently realized, and this is just part of the journey. It's not a guilt or anything like that, but you tend to tie yourself up, your self-worth up in, yes. in those kinds of things and what people think, or, um, are they going to not want to answer my phone call? How responsive yeah. they are. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's not the truth of it is, is that the Lord provides and he does it however he wants to. Mm. And, um, he uses people that I would never have thought. Mm. I've had people like randomly start giving and I'd never even talk to them about that, mm-hmm. you know? And then I've also had people, I had one family start giving who, um, didn't think they could. They, um, they heard me talk about what I was doing and loved it and um, connected with it, mm-hmm. but just thought, just kind of dismissed it in their own mind. Like, you know, maybe it's probably not for us, but we can pray for her or whatever. And that weekend, um, that she was reading the story about the woman and the oil. I don't, you remember the story of mm-hmm. Elijah and he goes to the woman and he's, and the Lord tells him to go and get this meal, ask for a meal for her. Yeah. And she's like, I don't have a meal. I, we're about to go die. We're about to mm-hmm. eat the last of our oil yes. and wheat and die. And he said, no, well, first make me a meal. <laughs> make yeah. me food. And, yeah. um, and she does. Yeah. She honors that. And, and then the Lord gives her oil and wheat enough to or flour enough to like last throughout the famine. And that's a hard thing. Like yeah. to, I mean, he, he had, like, that's pretty bold to go up yeah. and ask a widow. Yeah. In right. a famine for right. her last, right. Good grief. Right. But, um, so this family, this woman had read that story and then her daughter found like our prayer card or something. It's like, mom, look at, I found, look what I found. Mm. And she's like, okay, Lord. Yeah. And they started giving. And, like those things, like God sees mm-hmm. and he is in control and he, he does that. Mm-hmm. And so that's the challenge. And that's why it's a journey is to con it's constant tension of, I was just going to say, and yeah. I, I have in walking with you, I have seen yes. that tension draw you so close to the Lord mm. in seeking understanding and in yeah. seeking peace. And so I feel like your prayer life has really intensified mm. because of the challenges yeah. that come with raising support. Yeah. So in that yeah. way, thank you, raising support. I know exactly. It's like, <laughs> dang it. Thank you. No. Yeah. For real. It's like not something I would choose, but it's all about intimacy and it's good. Yeah, it is, it good. is. And it is, it's, it is about intimacy and, and you know, he doesn't need that. Gosh, he doesn't need that, but he cares about my heart and he cares mm-hmm. about my trust in him. And he cares about connecting people and letting them see what he's doing. <coughs> and Yeah. Money's a tool. Tell our listeners one more time um, the name of your organization and how can they support you if they feel called. (laughs) And let's all pray. And I would, yeah, yeah, and I would love to have conversations with people. I love to share about this because there's such a story and such a story of God's faithfulness. So that would be my first thing is contact me and let's talk. Mm -hmm. That would be my my most favorite thing. Um, It's the Center for Mission Mobilization. Um, We are Chris and Jamie Sewell, S-U-E-L. my email is cjsewell at gmail.com. It really is a partnership about, and, and it's about doing something together mm-hmm. with the Lord and being, and if God is, is at all tapping you, not, I'm not saying this because like, man, I want your money or whatever, but find out what that's about. And if it's not with us, with someone else, because God, 
the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And God has given us resources for this short period of time that we live on earth to be a part of what he's doing. Yes. And not just and that's exciting. It is exciting. And when you're connected to something like that, you're a part of something bigger, yeah. you know, and you, yeah. you have eyes to something different. And I think that's, you know, God talks about money so much in his word. And, um, and I really firmly believe, especially through this process, that it's because our hearts are where our treasure is mm-hmm. and our treasure is where our heart is, whatever. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and so God wants our hearts yeah. connected to different things mm-hmm. and we need to find out what the, where, the, what those things are. Right. Right. Thank you, Jamie. I love your thoughts. I, I love, love your you. heart. I love praying with you. Me too. I was thinking about this last night. If I were ever diagnosed with something awful, or if there were just some crisis in my home, you're just on my short list, Jamie Sewell. You are such a calm and peaceful and prayerful presence in my life, and I love you dearly. I love you. Thank you. And now, a word from our sponsors, Hustle 3. You guys, I'm so excited about this. With five kids and a jillion activities to get them to, I don't have time to add a private baseball lesson into the mix, but my newest sponsor, Hustle 3, has come to the rescue. With a very reasonably priced monthly subscription service, all I have to do is take a video of my son hitting a baseball on my phone and then load it up to Hustle3.com, where an expert coach breaks down his swing frame by frame and gives him drills to work on that are specific to his needs. A few weeks later, I upload another video and the training continues. I can stop the subscription at any time and then restart it once the next season's here again. If my son ever decides to start pitching, I'm going to be using Hustle3.com to get him expert instruction from, get this, a former Major League Baseball pitcher. Where else could I get my son access to this kind of training on my time with no driving around town and at an affordable price? I don't know much about baseball mechanics, but evidently, that's what he's learning. The drills teach him muscle memory patterns that don't just get him better, but help him to avoid injury down the road. I'm going to be a member of Hustle 3 community for years to come, and you should too. So if you think you might be interested, head over to Hustle3.com. Give it a try yourself. My best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers, but that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend, evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend Kristen, and your questions. Hey, Beefy. Hi, Beefinator. How's it going? How's your friend? You know, just sitting around thinking about prayer. <laughs> Not praying, but thinking about you it. To, there you go. <laughs> How's your prayer life, Beefy? Um, so I love how you make me think about things. Um, so my <laughs> prayer life is such that it is often, it is, it is frequent. Those are synonyms. It happens all throughout the day in short bursts. Um, but what I should be working on and that you're making me think about is that I, um, would like to be finding more quiet 
spaces for a longer prayer. I think what I do is I kind of put it out there. First of all, I need to be more thankful, like more prayers of Thanksgiving, probably like most people. Um, And then I also need, I kind of like put something out there and then I listen throughout the day and then I hear that way. It's effective for me, Mm -hmm. but I would probably be great to try to do that all together like have some listening time mm-hmm. as during the requesting time how's that yeah. for an answer how about yeah, you it's great um I'm similar like I kind of feel like I have this ongoing conversation with the Lord throughout the day but I would like you know more specific carved out time to kind of kind of get into deeper dialogue I guess yeah. Um, you know what, however, um, you said that you probably need to be more thankful. I would say that's what I do most. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. The my yang. <laughs> um, you know what I was thinking, though, that I love about us is that we regularly, like almost daily, will say, I need a, bre- a beefy prayer. And mm. we'll text or call and talk about something that's maybe really specific or maybe mm. a little surfacey or maybe a little um or super deep but something that just um that we feel comfortable with few people um and that we can be each other's prayer people that way beefy prayers are really really important yeah i don't know if this is a thing but i do feel like the lord is really sensitive to your prayers like Mm, i ask you to get on something and i'm telling you what he acts i tell another way that he acts really fast for me is when I am in a desperate spot and I have nothing left. Like I'm throwing something up and I'm like, you just have to make a miracle because Mm -hmm. there's nothing left I can do. And I think he really, really loves that place of desperation so that he can like show his power. Here's our question. Um, It says, with all the suffering in the world and all the prayers being offered, I feel it falls short. I feel it falls short. Um, Maybe this is like, you know, we had another school shooting and people are, um, and people are offering prayers and it doesn't seem like enough. I agree that we have a tendency to throw around prayer without any real reverence for the power Mm -hmm. that it holds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess my first thought is that I, I, I do think prayer is enough real sincere prayer I think that we get into the habit of throwing around that word like like a, in a post or in a text and mm-hmm. with even sometimes we don't even take the time to type the words but we just do the praying hands emoji um mm-hmm. guilty myself but that's even just another level of um that can come across as insincere mm-hmm. uh, but I think that real prayer followed up with you know if you if you tell somebody in a poster and to their face or whatever that you're going to pray for them if you really are and if you're really being thoughtful then it's almost certain that you're going to follow up right and like check on them or continue to just love on them in an extra way and so maybe that's the piece that's missing exactly yeah yeah i think i think we're lacking in action Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. the world's noticing, <laughs> you know, so right, right. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to throw up this prayer, but chances are pretty quickly, I'm probably going to get distracted again by my own life. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that if we're really trying to be a beacon for the world and prove what our God's about, he hears and he longs to answer. We know that that's true. So why aren't we more fervent? It's like, yeah, we'll throw up a prayer, but if it requires anything of us, if there's any risk or blood or sweat involved, then we'll just kind of get back to, you know, the things that we want or whatever when it comes to our prayer life. So I, I think she's right. I think the world is kind of wanting to, to see more from from us as far as action. Right. I think another thing that comes to mind is that, you know, maybe maybe some of us do want to be better at it, but we just don't know how, and we're giving up the best thing that we think we have to offer. Yeah. But for me, like prayer, um, I read a book actually a long time ago that you introduced me to called God Languages that Ooh, yes, was yes, just yes. about connecting to God and which is what prayer is. And so it was, um, everybody does it in a different way and you might not even know what your best way is. And so you might be trying to prayer, pray, um, in a like way that's not sincere for you, you know, by trying to look like somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Like I have a friend that has a kneeler, um, in her living room and that's what she does. And I have a friend who has hands are like waving wildly during worship. Um, and that's how she connects. And I, um, my husband, after reading that book, we realized that he is somebody that connects with God outside. And so we've like tried to be more intentional about, um, like nature vacations, like just being outside mm-hmm. and so that he can have that time, um, mm-hmm. to, connect so so maybe there's there's something yeah, in there. finding a space where your affections are stirred yeah and yes. and and I, if i remember correctly about that book it's like you know what's your god language jesus had all of them mm. you know but chances are we kind of probably sit in in two or three a little more comfortably than we do and figuring out what that is allows you to carve out space in whatever mode that is and then that's where that deep dialogue that we're all kind of longing for happens right. i've discovered i love a silent retreat who knew it is my wow. personal heaven a silent retreat that's crazy wow yeah. so yeah those are good thoughts thanks Pete. yeah yeah it's hey i'm gonna go pray for you <laughs> i'll pray for you too <laughs> quietly <laughs> okay love, love you love, love you tomorrow bye bye I've never met anyone like Mary. Well, technically I've never met Mary. You see we're internet friends, but don't let that fool you. This internet connection runs deep. Mary is so many things all at the same time. With one sentence, she can make me laugh, cry, think, and deeply, deeply feel. There's just something about Mary. You'll see. When I think of prayer, I think of the mass or incense or rosary beads. There's a special place in my heart for rope prayers. They are timeless and universal and draw me together with family and strangers alike. Those here now, those long dead, even those yet to come who will utter the same words and maybe even finger the same beads. I'm more contemplative than active at heart and could happily occupy myself for hours uttering prayers or reading or writing thoughts on the subject. But prayer is portable and really just requires us to turn our minds and hearts to God. Thank God, because today we are at the one-week mark of a stomach bug that is slowly marching through our home. Four of the six people who live here have succumbed thus far, one at a time. 
So today, instead of donning my Sunday best, I'll be putting on a makeshift hazmat suit. Instead of fingering beads, I'll be pulling wipe after wipe out of the Clorox tub. But I'll still be on my knees. I'll be praying for the return of health for the stricken. I'll be grateful for my own health in the moment and praying that tomorrow doesn't find me in the same spot, kneeling for a different purpose and with a different prayer on my lips. I'll be thinking of how my mom, now gone, must have done this countless times for her own family of seven. I'll wonder if my own children will be cleaning up for my grandchildren someday. I'll think of those all over the world who don't have Gatorade and Zofran or a mother to help them and remembering how we are all one family. I'm a big proponent of setting aside focused time to just pray every day, but there truly are times when our duties, our very vocations, require us to serve rather than contemplate. May your prayers go with you wherever the day takes you. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer. Dear God, we come to you today in prayer about prayer. Our lack of personal and private prayers. It might make us feel guilty, and God, this is not your way. Change the condemnation we feel, God, into conviction. Yes, we hesitate in coming to you, and yes, once we are there, we are so quick to leave. But you, God, love us endlessly and holy. God, please remind us that our prayers are not a performance. Help us to see prayer as nothing more than keeping your company. Constant and often, help us to reignite our prayer lives by embracing who you've made us to be. Increase our discipline. Deepen our desire. Remind us of our dependence. We deeply desire communion with you. Jesus, lend us your holiness. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And for this episode, a special thank you to Chan Redfield for music, Jamie Sewell, Kristen Kelly, Pamela Anthony Cutright, and Mary Beth Bishop. For more of Mary's blog, you can find her at chromecafe.wordpress.com. Be sure to send us your questions at centersaintsister at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Allison M. Sully and Facebook at Allison M. Sullivan. And be sure to catch the mini episode for extras. And for this episode, a special thank you to Chan Redfield for music, Emily Gordon, Hustle 3, Kristen Kelly, Pamela Anthony Cutright, and Mary Beth Bishop. For more of Mary, you can follow her and her blog at www.cronecafe.wordpress.com. Email us your questions at centersaintsister at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Allison M. Sullivan and Instagram and Twitter at Allison M. Sully. And be sure to catch the mini episode for extras.